0: It's time for school, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. The
1: two recipes at Graceland that proclaimed it's his favorite sandwich were wrong. They were different. One proclaimed it was butter and fried. The other proclaimed that it was dipped in egg whites or egg something or other and then fried. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network, broadcasting live from the campus, Southeastern Louisiana University. My name is Joe Burns. My wife has decided to take the week off because she's sick of me. Actually, we're here on campus again because I ran into a really interesting uh, article Called "Which Rock Star Will Historians of the Future Remember?" by a guy named Chuck Klosterman. It ran back in May of 2016, and what I decided to do, since it's a history piece, and it really stuck in my head, the the concept of if we go 300, 400, 500 years in the future, what you know, what rock stars, what music of this era will be remembered. I decided, you know, hey, we're on a university campus. Let's get a hold of a couple historians, bring them in, and see if we can't actually answer that question. So, sitting to my immediate left, Samantha Perez, and you want to go by Sam, do you not? Sam works. Sam works, and uh, uh, you know, our returning champion, Bill Robeson. You've been on this show ten or eleven times. Hiya, you, Bill. How you doing? Now, you are both. Uh, you're a Ph.D., Bill, and right. you are within uh, arm's reach.
2: God, I hope so.
1: Of <laughs> completing in it. In the
2: next year, yeah.
1: We've both been through it. Writing the dissertation is is really something else. So here's here's the reason I want to ask this question. What rock stars will be remembered in the future? A, a it's a – did you read the article? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's a good article, and, it, and the guy makes some good points. But here's the thing. If we go 300 years in the future – Let's say we say the rock era is about 1945 to 2045. There you go, it's a hundred-year span. I, you know, you can argue with me on the years, but if we go 300 years in the future, it's exactly the same idea as if we go back 300 years. Now we're in the classical music era. We're talking Mozart, we're talking Bach, we're talking you know Beethoven's much you know later, but. If you go out and you grab the average person, not, not the person who's majoring in you know old music or performing arts, and you say to them, name a classical composer. I'll make you a bet you don't get any more than five to seven names, ten at the outmost. Am I, am I speaking the truth, yes or no? I think so. Yeah. So the question is, if we go 300 years in the future what rock stars will survive who will be and this is what i think who will be the names when you run out and grab some kid and say who are the rock stars of the late 1900s early 2000s i think about 10 names are going to exist am i am i right or am i wrong tell me tell me what you think
2: i think i mean I really think 10 is probably a solid number, and I think that, like the article said, that historians are going to play a big part in actually shaping which 10 are going to be remembered. It's going to come down to less about top chart songs and more about how historians view and conceptualize the period of the late 20th and then you know, 21st centuries. How do we view the events that are happening? How do music as a cultural expression relate to those songs?
1: And what's, what's going to bug me, and I want to get into this as the show goes on, is the fact that what someone thinks is important right now won't be important next year, let alone 300 years from now. So I asked you guys three questions, and well. the big question was, what group do you think will be popular 300 years from now? What top-of-the-mind awareness, because if you say, name a classical composer, Mozart comes up, bang. Mm-hmm. You know, Bach comes up, bang. What group or artist will come up, bang, and the three of us all said the same group together. And you also talked to a few other historians. Mm-hmm. Starts- the Beatles. 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 Yeah, Beatles. Beatles. I can't imagine yeah. the Beatles don't move forward. So let's play the Beatles. We'll come back. We'll talk about history, how it's made, and a bunch of other stuff. So it's Beatles here on School. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you
0: something. I think you'll understand. Say that something. I wanna hold your hand I hold your
1: hand. I wanna hold your hand I wanna hold your hand, hand. Beatles here on Rock School. Let's talk about how history is actually put together. I come into a history class and you hand me a textbook and such. Sam, you actually research music as a historical item. Who decided these ten classical composers, Debussy, uh, Beethoven, that who decided these are the ten we get to remember? And I know right now somebody who's a classical music fan is losing their mind. You know, you're know, you wrong. There's like 30 people. Uh, yeah. I can't come up with any more off the top of my head. Sam, who decides?
2: I think it's a question of availability, and that's something I stress in all my survey classes, where we talk about sources, where we talk about what we as historians of 300, 400 years ago actually have available. And that applies not just to music, but textual sources, too. We just don't have a lot. I mean, as a historian of you know, the 14th, 15th centuries, I actually study the everyday people we Mm -hmm. don't have those sources. And I think the same thing can apply to music in that what survives the test of time. So when we come to the availability of music, we're going to have the main composers. And those are going to be the ones like Beethoven and, and Bach and Handel, all of these major guys that have survived the test of time because they had the commissions or they had the audience in certain ways. And so... I think over time, you're going to have, one, the question of what survives, and then, two, the question of what remains popular because it connects to history.
1: Now, Bill, here's the problem that I see coming up, and it actually wasn't me. I said this to Todd, the general manager here at the radio station, and he said, here's the problem. Like you just said back then, what survived is what we remembered. There was, you know, paper. Mm -hmm. There weren't recordings. Todd said the problem is, welcome to
0: 2016 everything survives. That's exactly right. You know, we we tell uh, our graduate students all the time, the problem with history until maybe midway through the 19th century is you don't have enough sources. The problem after that is that you have too many. Uh, I mean, go to a presidential library any presidential library, and you could spend the rest of your life reading the papers there and never finish. Uh, and that's just for one president, uh, not m- to mention all the other possible sources. So uh, you, you do have that. On the other hand, I, I think that the the fact that music, music is being digitized now and is likely to survive in some form, uh, you know, even if it's in the cloud, uh, means that uh, 300 years from now, they'll have a lot more to choose from Uh, in terms of deciding what's worth remembering. We we talk in in history classes about, you know, is is history inevitable or is it contingent? And, of course, contingency plays Mm -hmm. a big role, you know. If uh, so-and-so loses the battle, that's different than if he wins it. But, uh, you know, another name for contingency is luck. Uh, And some of this stuff survives as a result of luck. An awful lot of manuscripts get destroyed during war, like the Thirty Years' War in Germany. so uh, luck has something to do with it, but but quality also has something to do with it. I mean, Beethoven I'm survives sure because that. Beethoven is really, really good. Well, I get that at, yeah. at the Classical
1: Music period, but here's what makes me nervous. When one of the other questions I asked you, what artist is going to survive but shouldn't? I'm I listed a few of them here. Beyonce, Kanye West, Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Adele, and... The reason I think they're going to survive is because this thing called social media, which exploded, Mm -hmm. there wasn't any of that at Elvis Presley's time. Now, there's charts that show Elvis Presley. The problem is Glee is now on the chart more than Elvis Presley is. So when you go back and look, Glee may very well, in the history books, when they write it 200 years from now, there was this thing called Glee that was the most you know, popular,
0: what have you, when they look at charts. I will come back to haunt the historians that do right? that if it happens. Uh, but right. um, I, I think one thing that, that may mitigate against that, and and the thing is you don't know. You don't know what society will be like. Sure. You don't know how music will be delivered. I mean, we've seen re- radio go from your local station to this bifurcation in the satellites where you can literally listen to a radio station that just plays Bruce Springsteen. Right. Right. Um, which is fine if you like Bruce Springsteen. Sure. Uh, but um, another thing is we don't know what the, the the racial makeup of society will be. We don't know what the gender balance of society will be. Uh, we don't know what role technology will play in the production and distribution of music. But Or, and this also,
1: I'll talk about that. I'll talk about my point next. Wrap yeah. it up on a place. But
0: um, at any rate, if you look at, at what this article says here, you know, Nelson Riddle outsold Elvis Presley. Right. Right. Uh, We still listen to Elvis because Elvis is more fun than Nelson Riddle. Uh, Even if Elvis is not on the charts, uh, he has a, a survivability that Nelson Riddle didn't. That's true. That's true. A group
1: that I think will survive because it is representative. Not because it was popular, it is representative. It is It is the the ultimate of what have you. I think Led Zeppelin will survive. Absolutely. It, it will be one that they look back on because it will represent Black Sabbath, it will represent Def Leppard, it will represent. Leaves of fallen all around. Time I was on my way.
0: Much such
2: a pleasant state.
1: I have a question as we come out of Led Zeppelin. Sam, who's Louis Jordan? I don't know. You don't know? See, there's a concern. Now, I know Bill does. Mm -hmm. Cordelia, what makes your big head so hot? Mm -hmm. Boom. Is you is or is you ain't my baby? That's right. Yeah, from Porgy and Bess. Here's the thing Louis Jordan. I'm even going to yell in the studio. We got Dustin in there. Dustin, do you know who Louis Jordan is? Not a clue. Not a clue. Louis Jordan, in the 1930s and 40s, as the rock era began, it was nothing to have Louis Jordan have a number one hit on the pop chart, on the R&B chart, and on the jukebox plays chart at the same time. He was Elvis and the Beatles wrapped up into a single human being. This guy was as hot as it humanly gets. You've never heard of him. I have not, and right. I listen to Ticks. So, yeah, That's the thing. If you get... A hundred years away from Elvis? Uh yeah. Here's you tipped me off to something. This isn't in my notes, but I wanna I wanna ask you about this. You said what what people deem or what historians deem worthy of writing. I'm looking at the idea of, and it's not at this university, but the idea at some larger universities where maybe the history books are written, the Ivy Leagues and such, where you have the snowflake concern, you know, you need trigger words, hey, don't don't offend me. Is history in the future with rock music, the rock music, the rap music, that has the words that are trigger words, that's, are those going to be allowed to go through or will society in the future simply deem parts of history, hmm, we're going to have to not do that because it's going to be harmful to the kids.
2: I actually think that music has, for centuries and centuries, been pushing those boundaries. So I really hope, okay, that Mm -hmm. we're going to ignore that kind of trigger warning aspect when it comes to music of the future. You use the word hope. Yeah, well. Yeah. Because consistently we have up until this point. I mean, you think about... You think about Rite of Spring when it comes out, and there are accounts of some like punches being thrown because it's so radical. Or you right. think about when the entertainer, the entertainer comes out in the early 20th century. again, s- Yeah, so radical in, in its presentation. Um, even some disco songs. So mm-hmm. I really think that because history is th- that music has this history of pushing those boundaries, it will continue to do so. In the same way that we listen to these songs now, they're going to continue to do that.
1: Oh, I agree. It's the two-year-old with the cookie jar. You know, your favorite cookie's in that jar. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of society is going to run and look at the cookie jar. But history comes from the academics.
0: But I also think this whole trigger warning thing is evanescent. Uh, it, that, that will be gone and we'll have some new uh, concern of the day in a couple of years. There's already been a backlash at, against it with the... President of the University of Chicago saying we're not we're not going to try to coddle everybody here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my predecessors department head here Roman Hellenic, used to always say if you go to university and you're not offended at least once you ought to ask for your money back. Right. And that's that's <laughs> sort of my view. Is that the historian's job is is not to make feel people feel comfortable? It's to to tell as closely as can be done what actually happened. Uh, you know, science is what it is. History was what it was. And you can't sugarcoat either one to make people happy. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's happening. Well, it is. Yeah. But uh, we're, we're raging against that machine. Good um, for you. Another question I asked uh, both of you
1: was, name a song by an artist you think should be remembered but probably won't be. Who is an artist you think will be lost to history? I have three of them here. Uh, they're just not representative enough. Did you Did you come up with an artist? Because I have three of them here. I fear
0: that that will happen with a band that is probably in my top five all-time favorites, and that's King Crimson. Yeah, they'll go uh, away. Be- because they are a little bit too esoteric for most people. Uh, my hunch is that if anybody's listening to them, Three hundred years from now, it'll be be you know one of my descendants, either yes. literally or or metaphorically, uh, who likes them for the same reasons that I do. Uh, but but they're they're not terribly accessible. They change time signatures. They they write about weird stuff. You know, who's gonna who's gonna not be remembered that should?
2: I actually went with the song 99 Luftballoons. Balloons."
1: Yeah, I noticed that nineteen nineteen Luft Balloons. I yeah. I
2: really think this song should be remembered because it's this powerful cultural statement. About Germany. Um, uh, So the song goes that, you know, there's these 99 red balloons that go up and they're seen from uh, the other side of the Berlin Wall and they're taken as, you know, uh, UFOs. So the planes come, they shoot them down and it winds up sparking this war between East and West. Right. And I think that song is just so powerful for the generation.
1: Too poppy. Exactly. It was presented too poppy. And
2: it's going to go away because of it.
1: Yeah. And I'll the better you,
0: version is in German. Right. Exactly.
2: Nine, yeah, nine I made sure.
1: I'll Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you the one that and this is going to make people go, oh, no way. Mm-mm. The Beach Boys. The Beach Boys are going to be lost to history. And I'm telling you why. Even though the music is unbelievable, believable, even though Brian Wilson is literally a Svengali genius, the music's too poppy. Yeah. It's going to be dismissed. Well, and,
0: and most people don't know, you know, Pet Sounds. They know uh, Surf and Safari. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Right good vibrations here on Rock School. I,
0: I love the colorful clothes she
1: wears And the way the sunlight plays upon her head I hear the sound of a gentle moon On the wind that lifts her perfume
0: through the air I'm
1: taking a up- So <laughs> Okay, coming into the first break, and we are talking a lot, so I'll throw something out and just get your feedback on it. I went to Graceland this summer in July, which is a lot of fun. If you haven't been to Graceland, you really need to go. It's pure kitsch, and it's wonderful. And if it can have Elvis's name slapped on it and sold to you, it will be. I have an Elvis shot glass. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Have you used it? No. Oh, it's too bad. I picked up two cookbooks that proclaimed they were Elvis's foods. And I showed this to my wife, and she laughed out loud. Elvis's supposed favorite meal was this peanut butter and banana sandwich. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Elvis Presley's wife is still alive. Elvis Presley's daughter is still alive. And to be honest, had Elvis Presley not been a drug addict, there's a very good chance he would still be alive. We're not any more than, what did you die, 77. What are we, 30, close to 40 years away from his death? The two recipes at Graceland that proclaimed it's his favorite sandwich were wrong. They were different. One proclaimed it was butter and fried. The other proclaimed that it was dipped in egg whites or egg something or other and then fried. Now, wait a minute. If we can't get 35 years away from a person whose descendants still exist, what chance does any of this music have 300 years from now if we could come back I'm gonna make you bet we wouldn't even recognize what the heck are you people talking about yes or no I agree yeah Yeah,
0: I I think that's probably right
1: what's it gonna be what are they gonna show well I mean is it just gonna be a chapter in a book is is
0: rock and roll even a genre that anyone's gonna care about well I, I don't think there's one answer yeah, uh, I think there's probably multiple answers. Uh, there's a, a reference in in the article that sparked this whole thing to a, a social critic who argues that rock and roll died in 1968. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and this is all related to the fact that it's all about revolution. Uh, no, it's not. It, it's all about music. Revolution is an aspect of it. And I think in in the future there will be social critics who will write about music and explain the 60s or the 70s or the 80s or whatever uh, in terms of whatever their overlying paradigm happens to be, and they'll find music that fits it. And then there'll be people like us who are just, you know, fanatical music fans who will dig up music and listen to it because they actually like it. I mean, I don't listen to Bach's Brandenburg concertos and then put on a Prussian uniform and invade Silesia. Uh, I I just, I listen to them because I like them. Hey, you've only got a weekend. Well, that's true. It's (laughs) it's hard to capture Silesia in a weekend. But um, the, the, the fact is, you know, people have multiple motives for listening to music. Uh, I frequently read music criticism and think to myself, this guy doesn't really like the music. He just likes the lyrics or he just likes pretending he likes the lyrics and then has the nerve to call other people pretentious.
1: Or, and this is what drives me crazy, he knew that if he wrote about music, he'd get published. Yeah. Hmm. That drives me nuts as well. Yeah. we got to take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Make sure you get us on Facebook, search Rock School Radio Show, and I'll see you on the other side one minute from now, back on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, uh, we're probably right at the bottom of the hour here, so we'll eschew seventy days, uh, seven days and seventy seconds, and continue with our discussion here. I also believe, and I'm basing a lot of this on the fact that I only know ten classical composers, so I'm of the opinion in the future only ten names at most will survive, and I'm talking about the average music listener, people like you and me and Sam, who are audiophiles we will probably in 300 years, people that are like us, will be able to jam out a bunch of other names. But the average music listener, eh, it is my opinion that genres will die. The idea of genres. There will be rock. There won't be rock and roll. There won't be grunge rock. There won't be this rock. There won't be that rock. There won't be gangster rap, whatever. There will be rock. There will be rap. That's it. Do you think the whole minutiae of these hundred years, yes or no, Sam, what oh, do you think? Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, when, when you're looking at your textbook for history and you get these little bolded words on a page, that's mm-hmm. gonna be rock and it's gonna be rap. And I think they're gonna pick one, maybe two artists that exemplify it and then move on because they only have so much space. And in articles, you're gonna have an article that dissects rock as a whole with examples. And I think that has to do a lot with how much music we have now. I mean, you go on YouTube and you have random people auto-tuning themselves to be stars. Oh, my God. That terrible song, Friday, uh, that came out by Rebecca. It's all that. We have Mm -hmm. so much. So I think whereas we look before at the Beatles, we look at Elvis Presley, we have these main names that we can even go on, I think later on it's going to be just straight up blanketed to genres. I really do. And then major genres, not the Mm sub-genres of the different types of rock, but...
1: Yeah, and I I, I hate to say this, but I'll get Bill to comment on this. I hate to say this because it's going to make our drummer's head explode, Ralph Wood. I'm of the opinion punk will be lost completely because punk prides itself on being an underground type of music. If anything survives, it's going to be a band that is spectacularly popular. Uh, had hits, if anything survives, you know Nirvana, perhaps, and it will be the hit. It will yeah. be Smells Like Teen Spirit, yes or no?
0: I think there's a possibility that The Clash might survive, but right. I think most punk will be gone. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I was in Winn-Dixie not long ago, and they were playing the Ramones I Want to Be Sedated over the sound system, which is basically a Muzak sound system. Now, oh, when the Ramones are on there... You, you, number one, you feel old, yeah, and number two, you know you're living in a brave new world <laughs> but here here's a, here for context, you know we use the term classical music for a whole realm of music that that's not really properly speaking classical, that only mm. applies to a small period the the proper terms you know Baroque, baroque. Uh, Beethoven's right. really romantic, you know, and so on mm. um so i you know, I think that's gonna happen is that you're gonna have a collapsing of genres uh you know right now. Uh, I, I, I listen to death metal, amongst other things, uh, when I'm not listening to Brandenburg Concertos. The, practically every band's got its own label. You know, it's it's this kind of metal or that kind of metal or what have you. But I, I also think that as music becomes more acceptable, you know, with the passage of time, people tend to collapse genres. Uh, I recently went to see Alice Cooper, who was you know totally outrageous <laughs> to people in the right. '70s. Was being banned from countries. Was being right. condemned from pulpits. And there were grandmothers there with their grandchildren, all, all enjoying this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Fats Domino so. was banned from
1: playing on military bases because he uh, had a riot over one of his concerts. Mm-hmm. Fats Domino. Yeah. So yeah hard,
0: hardly what you think of as a, a bomb-throwing anarchist. Let's uh, play a tune, and we'll come back. And
1: I'm going to give you the ten groups I think will survive and you make comments on them. You mentioned The Clash? hmm London Calling. Okay. 300 years from now, will they be listening to London Calling?
0: I think maybe so, because it, it's got social significance. Um, that particular album came out at a time when there was a lot of upheaval uh, in, in Britain, and it could be used as exemplary of what's going on there. Yeah. Come out of the coverage, you boys and girls. It's The Clash here on Rock School.
1: London Calling to the faraway towns Now war is declared Okay, let's come into the next break. Second break, maybe a touch early here. I sat down and looked at rock lists of top bands and such, and here are, in my opinion, 300 years from now. Okay, let's go 300 forward. Now we are at 2315. Somebody pulls down a history of rock and roll book. These are the bands, I think, from this era, 1945 to 2045, these are the bands, I think, that will exist. These are the bands that will be mentioned. Ready? Elvis. Beatles, Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, The Who, Bowie, Hendrix, Zeppelin, U2, and Nirvana. And I'm not so sure about Bowie and Hendrix. Those are the 10 I think survive. Am I, uh, am I out in left field or am I missing somebody? Because, because I, the, the one that I don't think will survive is Pink Floyd. Because, and that's that's the one that was a top at everybody's list. It's people are going to go. You're crazy. It's not mainstream enough. It didn't have enough mainstream push. Not enough hits. And I know what people are going to say. It's the what the first worldwide selling album, The Wall, and something like third in the United States. Mm-hmm. You're full of whatever, Joe. It's, it's not that kind of music.
0: Well, the only thing that gets played off of Dark Side of the Moon is money. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that gets played off of Wish You Were Here um, is, um, oh, what's the name of the song? Uh, Have, Have a Cigar. A cigar. Uh, and the only thing that gets played off the wall is, a, is Another Brick in the Wall. Right. Uh, so, or, or, in, in, well, maybe a couple of others. But yeah. the, the point is uh, uh, the, the, the artistry that's on those albums is largely ignored on the radio right now. Yeah, And a lot of it depends on um, context. Again, Roger Waters' neuroses a good bit of the time. Um, <laughs> That's true.
1: The thing is that people lose their mind over great musicianship and such, but I'm of the opinion that now journalism, which is where the, the – uh, how do I put this? Which is where the – the database of information is done, has been taken out of the hands of journalists, it's been taken out of the hands of newspaper, television, radio, and put into the hands of the average listener. So a historian looks back at this era, and right around 1999, now it's in the hands of us, everybody, websites, blogs, and now social media. Pink Floyd has a, you know, a, a, a presence but look at Kanye West. Mm-hmm. So now a guy looks back from two years ahead, and my gosh, look at all the stuff that's happening with Kanye West. In a closing line, he must have been, you know. And and people look at me and they go, "Oh God, they have to know the difference." We can't get Elvis's sandwich right, and it's forty <laughs> years out. <laughs> Sam, am I am I just talking out of the wrong side of my mouth?
2: No, I think you're. I think you're right. Um, I know, and that kind of goes into what Bill was saying earlier. They're all going to blend together, and we're only going to have so much. Um. Remember from the the new Star Trek movie, they actually you were know, playing the Beastie Boys during the fight scene. Right. And he, Sabotage. And he, yeah, and he comes out and he says, "This is classical music." <laughs> and and it, I think I think a lot of the bands that you listed are going to be able to blend enough to be one classical music kind of genre. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about U2. i um, I that was that was my questionable one.
1: That was the thing about U2 and um, U2 and Nirvana. Where I can see them being, and at the close of rock and roll, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. At the end of rock and roll, there was a group called U2, which came out of Dublin. (laughs) And at the close of rock and roll, there was a band called Nirvana. That's where I see them coming in. Bowie and Hendrix, I don't, I think that's just Joe going, God, I love Bowie and Hendrix. I also
2: hope Hendrix is there. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. sad in 300 years if Hendrix isn't. Yeah.
1: The, I o- the only single
0: be... artist I, I know will go forward is Elvis. Bob Dylan, I'm not even sure about. I don't think Dylan will.
1: You don't uh, think? Because
0: I think Dylan is is not a good enough singer. He's a great lyricist, but I think poets are mo- more likely to be interested in Dylan than musicians are. Uh, Hendrix, I think, might be remembered as an innovative guitarist in the same way, and I know you'll like this, Eddie Van Halen may be remembered as an innovative oh, thank guitarist. You, because they did things <sighs> that nobody had done before. <laughs> (laughs) You you have made my day. I would play Van Halen,
1: but I'd rather do the Pink Floyd thing since it happened. You know, we don't need no education. Let's double negative our way into this. We don't need no education.
0: We don't need no education.
1: You know, it just occurred to me, I said we were going into the break, I never took the break. So let's take the break this time around. Good. I have one more thing that I think is going to happen in the future that may drive people insane. Rock music, as a lot of people have said, and I disagree with this, but a lot of people have said, it is the coming together of country and blues. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that country will go forward but it's going to be like a country rock type stuff. It's it's not going to it's not going to be the country like you think. It's not going to be Patsy Cline. Mm-mm. But here's the thing that's going to make the top of Bill's head explode. Because of the time frame of when it came out, I think blues, delta blues will will just not be remembered because, because it it came at the wrong time. It came before it was how do I put this came before it had a chance to be established in media before it had a chance to be recorded correctly. It's it, it won't carry forward. It will only be if the Rolling Stones are talked about, you know, the Rolling Stones did their own version of this archaic music called Delta blues. That's about what you're going to get in terms of blues. And I know right now that's making a lot of people's heads explode I think it's going to be lost.
0: I think it's probably right. Um, I think if anybody's remembered, it'll be Robert Johnson. And yeah. and that will be more tokenism than it is an appreciation of, of his ability. I would modify your, your list of ten in one respect. I think the Allman Brothers Band has a, a fairly good chance of surviving because they were such brilliant improvisers and because they, in fact, took a lot of blues and country and jazz influences. Mm. And But we'll see. If I had to, if I had to
1: pick, uh, the Allman Brothers will not go forward, but Leonard Skinnerd might. Yeah, they might. Might, might. Okay, now we will take our break. We'll be back in a minute here on Rock School. Okay, final break here on Rock School. So, Bill, I'll just slap this down real quick. Zappa's not going
0: forward. Oh, yeah. Sofa no. will be listened to 300 years from now.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. Really? You think in an academic book it's going to say, you know, watch out where the huskies go and don't you eat that yellow snow? Atypical. Atypical. Okay. Sam, last break belongs to you. Has it occurred to you, and I know it has because you're the one that told me to talk about this in the last break, where are the women, Sam?
2: And that's a fantastic question. I mean, even when you're listening to the radio, male rock artists are going to dominate the sound waves. But women artists are just kind of pushed aside. I think that has a lot to do with the decades we're talking about. A lot of the artists that we've been dealing with are, you know, 60s and 70s when you start getting major female artists later. I mean, think like Pat Benatar, think Hart, where they're a little bit later. And really, you know, the 80s have been kind of muted in our talk this this hour
1: i don't think the 80s will go forward i really think i don't i think it was a bridge decade i think the 90s were blah as it could be but now you're starting to get into something brand new because all of a sudden there are no more instruments i can put together an entire song myself like that in a studio with a guitar in my voice that's it the rest of that i need horn horn section i can do it it's all done through electronica. And I think that's going to be a, something that's in there. Mm-hmm. Where the females are going to come in, I think there's going to be just an overriding genre called dance. Ouch. That's going to have Motown in it. That's going to have disco. That's going to have all this, the boy bands, the girl bands, that kind of stuff. Am I out in left field on that one? Probably not. Yeah.
0: It, you ask, you know, what will break your heart if it doesn't survive? Yeah, what will? Kate Bush.
1: Kate Bush. I'll tell you the other ones that will break my heart if they don't survive is Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're unbelievable. But then again, it's it's Joe's opinion, and and there's nobody running up and asking me. All I can hope is that these shows are looked upon in 300 years by by people, and this show is found, and somebody goes, "Who's Kate Bush?" And they listen to you know running up that hill and and success. It gets on there. I'm really happy you both came in, Samantha Perez. Thank you so much. Thank Work you. on that dissertation. I will. Stand before your committee and and do the wave. Ask them to do the wave. Rock that helped anthem. in mine. That's what I would do. Put your <laughs> you know put the devil sign in there. air. Bill, you're always wonderful when you come on the show. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Good. That'll do it. My name is Joe Burns. What will exist in 300 years? Ask yourself. Ask your friends. I'm done. Class is dismissed.